Whether this is her first Mother's Day or her 40th, she deserves more. Shop tons of stunning on-trend jewelry for every budget at Diamonds Direct. Diamond fashion jewelry, beautiful birthstones, everyday pearls, starting at just $200. Commemorate the real loves of her life with a gorgeous pendant featuring the birthstone of the one who made her mom. This Mother's Day, Diamonds Direct is everything you need to say thank you. Diamonds Direct, your love, our passion. Online at DiamondsDirect.com. This is your moment, your time to shine, your comeback. You're ready for the next step in your career, and you want an education employer's respect. So you're not just going back to school. You're coming back with Purdue Global. Backed by Purdue University, one of the nation's most respected public universities, Purdue Global is built for people who bring their life experience into the online classroom. Purdue Global, Purdue's online university for working adults. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Hello and welcome to another edition of Nerdificent. I am one half of your host, Danny Fernandez, and sitting across from me, as always, in his NASA, repping NASA today. It's actually really nice. Yeah, it was just what was in the closet. You know, I had to, I was out too late last night uh, getting it in. You know, white women, we had our show, did karaoke. I was going to go to sleep early and then, you know. You sound tired. They were like, they were like, you gotta, we, we gotta stay. It's gonna get pumping. We gotta sing some songs. Um, so for Valentine's, yeah, for Valentine's, nice. yeah, just uh, you know, Valentine's Day. Uh, yeah, I was know. about to say you called me, and Ify and I actually talked about like random things for like a half hour. And he's like, "What are you doing?" Because we're both, we both like weren't. Go- we didn't have dates. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I know. I'd be annoying. I felt bad for the other Super Punch team who had to fly to uh, the TBS studio in Atlanta oh. because, like, JD is married. Alex has a girlfriend. Kelly's married. And I was like, y'all abandon all your <laughs> your your uh, spouses and significant others to do this show on Twitch. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, but the, I mean, they're married, so yeah, yeah. You know. It's like it's Valentine's it's, Day every day. <laughs> yeah, not really. You hope <laughs> um, that other voice uh, on the other side of the mic is uh, LA-based illustrator and writer Crystal Savage. Thanks for joining hey, us. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Thanks Excited for coming to be down. here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, this is going to be another fun one. It's been fun month. Black History Month, wanted to get some black creators in here so we can just be talking about what we do. I, I think it adds like another like element of flair to it. Like we were talking about Milestone with Ed and there were so many parallels with starting up and pitching your own yeah. uh, oh, comic damn. book company with like even selling a TV show or something like that. Absolutely. And, and I'm sure the steps and trials and tribulations of making a show like Static, you'll have a lot of insight on the illustration and writing side. Even it's, with the episodes. Yeah. Just rewatching it. Um, and I know I'm totally jumping the gun here. Oh, no, it's all good. We do but, it all the time. Um, I noticed, like, the first, the way they break up the seasons, 
back in the 2000s, those shows typically had a 22-episode run. So seeing like season one is like 12, 11 or 12 episodes, and then season two is 11 or 12 episodes, that signaled to me that that was, and then also that the art style did not change until season three, because you've seen cartoons. Yeah. First season is just... Yeah. Yeah. But if it's good enough and they get enough viewership, they get their season two, they get a budget increase, everything looks amazing, you know, maybe they get a few more episodes, who knows? So it makes me think that season one and two was actually one season that they split into two so that they could make it for syndication. It may be completely untrue. I don't know. But I remember when I was at DreamWorks, that did happen with a few shows that were supposed to go a little bit longer, but they decided to end the run. Mm -hmm. They had two seasons, but they would split them into four seasons by doing taking the 22 episodes into two 12-episode seasons. Ah. So that's how you make your syndication still. But I could be totally off base. But everything, like this whole thing with shows only having 13 episodes, 10 episodes, that's a very recent phenomenon. Yeah. Okay? (laughs) That's very recent. Yeah, that's uh, that's actually, you know, just for more insider baseball talk, uh, (laughs) that's kind of been the whole thing with uh, WGA bargaining because, you know, mm-hmm. you used to have these longer season runs. So yep. that would, you know, take care of the year if you only did a year of writing. But yep. now you have these shorter run seasons, some seasons as short as eight episodes. And lot. if you don't <laughs> write for the rest of the year, that eight episodes worth of money isn't the same. As, yeah, yeah. So <laughs> so we had to, you know, bargain and kind of get more minimums or higher pay yep. for shorter runs and stuff like that. But yeah, no, that's it's it's yeah, it's funny how. I know it's interesting because there's like two sides of of media where you, you get the front facing consumer side of what we see, digest, enjoy, and pretty much yeah, it's just yeah. there to enjoy. But then there's all the back stuff that happens. The sausage that we, factory. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that and it's so funny to see because you know same thing. To and this will be, I guess, kind of molded into what I'm geeking out about, which is the fact that my one of my favorite games, Apex Legends, who a uh, friend of mine, Manny Hagopian, has been writing on. Got game of the, uh, I think it was multiplayer game of the game mm-hmm. year or the first person shooter game of the year at uh, the Dice Awards, and it was interesting seeing because you know there's a game that Bioware would made, uh, and Bioware, if you don't know them, they did the Mass Effect games, the Dragon Age games, and as of recently, they you know back when Mass Effect one and two, the first two Bioware's Dragon Age, they old were, though. They've oh, been making games even before that, but that those were the computer when, games. Yeah, back in grade school. But that's when they were like known as like, oh, this is this is you know when that's because you know video games kind of started in the like two thousands two thousands ten to have that stand culture behind publishers where it's like we can trust these guys. They, but you know with the newest uh, Mass I'm Effect gonna, it started a little earlier than that. Yeah, because really? I'm old. Okay, yeah. I'm about to be forty <laughs> this year. Yeah, I'm gonna tell you. Honestly, when I think it started, that was Squaresoft's fault mm. with Final Fantasy. Oh, yeah. They started it with Final Fantasy VII. Oh, yeah. And people were like, oh, my God, I can trust Squaresoft to make this amazing game because yeah. they was the ones that changed everything. Oh, yeah. We got games on disc because of Final Fantasy VII. We got games going across years because of Final Fantasy VII. And they were able to build so much after Final Fantasy VII came out. They was making movies. They was like, we're going to make Urgates. We're going to make fighting games. We're going to make you know, shooter games. We're yeah. going to make not just RPGs. And yeah. they really, like, all of that happened because of Final Fantasy VII. Yeah. And people, like, glomped on the Squaresoft. And yeah. that just, that was it 
For all that the youngins the listening, that's Mid-90s. what Square Enix used to be called. <laughs> <laughs> but Square so I remember, yeah, Square Software. When it turned into Square Enix, I was like, who are you? Yes. <laughs> who are you? Who's, who is this? Um, but yeah. But so now, uh, but with the Anthem, it was kind of a flop. Mm-hmm. And they've been trying to rework it. It's kind of a um, games as a service game similar to Destiny. And there were so many people who were like, oh, Bioware is 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 this and that, and we can't trust them. Bioware this, Bioware that, Bioware. <laughs> and it wasn't until Jesse Cox came on and go, well, I know that Anthem was rushed by EA, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm wondering if the suits that rushed Bioware to make this game and thus making an incomplete game are without jo- jobs. Anyone? Anyone? And it's like, yeah, that's... <sighs> What real you're blaming Bioware when it's not even their fault, and you know I'm not gonna. Those blast. people that rush their job are oh, still yeah. working. They are collecting their checks. Oh yeah, they don't take because the fall fi- for that, that FIFA check. That FIFA check keep them keep them afloat, baby. They're fine. Mm. <laughs> You're fine. Don't worry. What are you nerding out about, Danny? Um, um, well, a couple of things. One, I'm glad that our prediction was right that Matthew Cherry won oh, yeah. an Oscar oh, God. for Hair Love. I know, That's we so amazing. Like, like Nostradamus over here. <laughs> no, we didn't. You're so don't, dumb. Don't, 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 I mean, I was scared that I was going to jinx him by saying Ooh. he won it because we recorded the day before, and I'm oh, like, wow. he won. No, I'm hoping. No, that's the power of speaking it the, into ex- existence. Which he literally did. Um, another thing yeah. I want to give a shout out to our friend Ben Schwartz, who's yeah, yeah. the voice of Sonic, had yeah. his opening this weekend. Oh, yeah. So mm. so shout out. Go check out the Sonic movie. Yeah. And People are enjoying it. Right? Yeah. People are enjoying it. Yeah, it's a it's a, it's a family-friendly movie. I don't think it's supposed to be groundbreaking. So just enjoy it. And then uh, finally, oh, this just feels like I'm just shouting out movies. What I was geeking out about was actually that I went with uh, Malcolm Barrett our friend, on Oscars night after I saw um, after I saw oh, Matthew yeah, win. I checked out. I left. <laughs> we were like, I'm done. <laughs> and I went and I um, I went to see Birds of Prey, and I and I did love many different things about it. But one was the sheer amount of fighting they had, oh, like yeah. the fight okay. choreography. I mean, it was just like it reminded me of. There's two types of DBZ episodes. There's one where they stand around and talk, and there's mm-hmm. one where they fight the mm-hmm. entire time, and that's what it felt like. It I was like, like majority fighting. Yeah. I felt I, like, and most I'm probably of the going scenes. to see that tonight after this. Yeah, yeah. I haven't seen I know. it yet. So I gotta no see. Spoilers. I, yeah, I gotta see this. I'm gonna record a track with Lamar, but then I got to get my hair cut. Mm-hmm. I got, you know, it's that I've been working so much. that's a good thing yeah 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 but i like i wake up go to the gym because you know your boy never sleeps your boy got to get them gains uh but okay. I, I i'm writing on this sci-fi show great debate who you might you might see some folk you know right. you might see some folk uh on that show just uh just gonna say i'm I, i've meant to text to see if i can announce some of the people because the tickets are yeah, available not the yet tickets oh. Are, oh yeah the, you can buy tickets for the live taping so usually the t- the ticketing site will say who's going to be on it yeah. uh, and we have still play safe yeah we've locked a few apps uh, you know but it's, you know might want to might want to hop I'm going to check it out yeah, see it, what's what but so I've been doing that from like 10.30 to 5.30 Sitting in an hour and twenty yep, minutes yep. of traffic from Culver oh to Burbank God. to shoot my, oh my God. yeah, because then I shoot my late night show on Twitch, Super Punch, from seven to eleven. Then I jet home, try and get a little bit of sleep, but because you know me, like I like. One night I was playing Apex till like two. No, one, that's your the, problem. And then like yeah. yeah, last night like I did all that. Got home at two and I was like, let me watch one episode of Gintama. Wow, <laughs> let me 
just wow. get one, and one episode knew, turned into 12 episodes. Well, no, one episode, but then I knew I screwed myself because they were like, this is the one hour special <laughs> uh, premiere episode. I'm like, wait, no. Oh, if you want to know, you want to know something so funny when people get honest that our podcast is only an hour, which I think is like the perfect time yeah. is um, I'm writing on this show. I do the same thing where I'm, I'm in this writer's room for Netflix until like 6 PM. Like, you know, it's dark out. Yeah. And then I agreed to do someone's podcast and it was, it was ramble. Like it was two hours long. Oh my God. So I was sitting there until 9 PM thinking, like I need I feel so bad I need to not agree to do this I was like this is there's no topic that I need to sit here that you need to hear me talk about for <laughs> two hours of just straight yeah I was no, it depends on the topic well I mean I hear you but also like as a working person I'm oh, like right. I cannot mm-hmm. that's why like all of our guests like you and everyone that comes in is like they're busy people they're doing stuff that's and true. so we try to give give y'all info in bite-sized amounts and then get out of there so um, Crystal, what are you geeking out about this week? I love Dead Dead Demons to Dead 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 Destruction. It is a manga by Ennio Asano. Um, if you read Good Night, Mr. Poom Poom or um, Solonin was the other one that came out. It's this crazy slice of life manga about basically these aliens just showed up over Tokyo, huge mothership, and did absolutely nothing. And, of course, people thought they were about to get invaded. They were freaking out and nothing happened so then they started to just get used to it and go on about their daily lives but that's not gonna just sit it's like it's just like the craziest thing I've ever seen it's about these four high school girls that are just trying to decide if they still want to go to school in the face of this because they know they're like we're gonna die for sure this something's gonna happen yeah or if they're gonna try to pursue romantic relationships or if they're gonna try to stop these aliens or if the aliens are actually a problem yeah because there's some reveals later on i'm in on book seven i know there's like a couple of more volumes left and a lot of things have been revealed about the aliens and what the government is doing donald trump is in there <laughs> damn yes <laughs> this yeah. comic is amazing and i recommend it to anybody to read it and the art style is amazing too as well Ooh. sorry so, did you say it was a manga yeah, manga. Okay, dead, I love. I love whenever they drag us. Please. <laughs> well, I love when saw um, Death Note went and had Donald Trump in it too. Mm-hmm. They did in the new. They? Yeah, yeah, the new one shot. They they threw. You have him. to I though. The yeah, other it's impossible now. You can't not drag. Please you can't. drag like, look us. At, look at what. Look at what's going on over in America. Yeah. Well, it's so funny too because like my buddy Pierce is over in Japan right now, and okay. when he when Donald Trump was meeting with the Japanese Prime Minister, and I was like, oh, what's this? And my buddy was like, he's just as bad. He's our Donald Trump. I was like, yeah, yeah. Really? Yeah. Shinzo so, Abe is just as bad as Donald that's, Trump. That's what Pierce said. So we'll, wow. Yeah. He said he like he's very like he's. Very very nationalistic I've heard and that, same though. thing you know so same thing it seems like a it was just some weird Kool-Aid that went into all the different <laughs> world leaders where it's like we just got to get super nationalist and be about us and our roots but really not our roots just mm. the primary race that we want to uh, succeed yeah. I mean part. we don't really have I mean our roots aren't anyways uh I was gonna <laughs> say I love that um bong 
uh, Jun Ho kept calling the Oscars like a regional. Oh yeah, it was, it, it was funny that he dragged <laughs> them and still swept. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he still swept. He was Small like, "That's chill, thanks, show. thanks," and I'm out. Yeah, he's he, yeah, he's very likable. Keep checking, uh, Americans. Yes. <laughs> they need uh, it. I'm we so... need it. And if you liked Parasite, check out Snowpiercer. Check out the host. Yep. You know, uh, that he's he's got some other hits to check out. I feel like Snowpiercer is my favorite. Mm. I just want to tweet gifts that are like respect. <laughs> <laughs> that dude people freak that me I, out. Uh, people that have seen it will get that. Yeah. <laughs> Send me respect gifts. <laughs> I'm still right. freaked out by that guy. He well, just looks so I know. strange. Um, I was going to say, before we, though, hop into Static Shock, I kind of would love the audience to know a little bit more about you, Crystal, hmm. uh, pursuing, you know, being an illustrator and writing comics. So how did you get into this field? And how did you also, sorry, second question, when did you decide to pursue it professionally? Honestly, I always love comics. Um, I told you before that I grew up reading my dad's comic book collection. He had bookcases and bookcases and bookcases of comics. And um, I just read all of them, whatever I could. And I got a little older, fell down a manga black hole, never to be seen again. <laughs> but And I thought for a while, I was like, oh, wow, I'm going to be an animator because I always love cartoons. And I went to school for it. Um, and I did finally come out here super duper late, but I came out here. So where, where were you from? I'm from Chicago originally. Oh, nice. yeah, yeah, from Chicago, born and raised. Mm. And um, yeah, it was a culture shock coming here. But <laughs> that's beside the point. Um, and I started working at Universal. Um, then I ended up at DreamWorks. Um, they were doing some Netflix shows. They're doing a bunch of Netflix shows mm -hmm. now. Um, and then a couple other smaller studios after that. But I had always loved animation. I always loved comic books. And those two kind of tend to go hand in hand. Like, I don't know anybody that's in the comic that does comics that doesn't love animation and vice versa. Um, it is a related but similar, a related but different skill set. Because with animation, especially storyboards, which is what people use to compare to comics, it's all about a your camera where's your camera gonna be at so I did my time at some animation studios but honestly one of the things I learned I mean because the way if any, and you guys know as well you work on a project for a certain amount of time and then you're hustling for the next next project which means you're hustling for the next paycheck and I realized that I can do that and it's cool but I'm always going to be working on somebody else's ideas and somebody mm -hmm. else's yeah. stories and somebody oh, yeah. else's dreams. I have a finite amount of time on this earth, and I don't want to spend it telling somebody else's story. I want to tell my own stories. So I uh, got together with my friend that, you know, he was the only other black person on our production at <laughs> Netflix. I mean, at, at uh, DreamWorks. We were doing a show for Netflix at DreamWorks. And uh, I was like, yo, let's just do this comic together. Like, you know. We're both obviously still working, but we're like, we need to be working towards something for ourselves oh, yeah. so that we're not constantly be beholden to some big name studio or any other studio for, you know, our So pages. did you all have to meet up on, because you're still working full time. Yeah. I'm just trying to give, I know this helps our listeners that are also trying to pursue a creative field. Absolutely. So were you meeting up on we, weekends? Always or, on the weekends we yeah. meet up. We have it scheduled. And this is the thing that you absolutely have to do if this is something that you're interested in. And especially if you're working with somebody else. One, you have to respect their time and their energy mm -hmm. and your own. 
Don't make unrealistic goals or expectations about this sort of thing. It is going to take the time that it's going to take. And the more research that you do ahead of the time, the better that your situation will be. Um, and you want to make sure you're working with somebody that actually wants to do it, that isn't just like, oh, well, you know, I could do a draw a few pictures here and there. You want somebody that is committed to the project as you are, that sees, yes, that I see value in this. I need to be doing something other than, you know, just working for somebody else. It also helps if that person has their own ideas that maybe they want to get out there. Um, because my uh, partner, he's a board artist. So of course, he's a, board artists are writers too. He has a lot of great ideas. So after we're done with this first one, this our comic Phantasmagore, we're coming out with, um, I'm pushing him because he had this game that he was working on. Um, I'm pushing him to produce that one next because I say, why not? Why not? <laughs> and that's also, you should ask yourself, why not? So, yeah. Um, so, yeah, we meet every weekend. Uh, we have, a, I do an agenda ahead of time because I'm basically the captain of the ship at this point. So have our meeting agenda. We hit our points and everything. And then we have our assignments to go back to. Uh, when we go back into our normal nine to five lives. Yeah. Um, of course, you want to make sure you're carving out some time to yourself totally. to work on stuff. And it is so hard. It's so hard, especially. And this is the hardest thing because um, I was working in production, but he's uh, in the on the creative end. You're expending a lot of creative energy to if you're on doing design, if you're doing boards, even if you're if you're writing for somebody, you're expending a lot of creative energy for somebody else and it's hard to recharge and work on your own stuff, but you have to like feel like I have this story to tell. Yeah. And I think yeah. people is going to resonate with other so people. So for me, so this Netflix show that I'm working on right mm -hmm. now, which is great, I cannot Congratulations. wait. Congratulations. I can't you. wait to see a girl. Yeah, I cannot wait to for everyone to see it. Um, but it, it's not my show. I have a separate show that uh, I get to work on this spring that's mm -hmm. mine. But uh, the show, and so you're there all day. Yep. You're using your brain, yep. which is like the most exhausting. You don't realize because you're sitting right the whole time, but you're pitching ideas. And you, I go through so much coffee because everyone in the room got there because of their talent, right? Yep. So everyone is like some of the best writers in that room, and you're having to pitch alongside them, which is great, but you need to bring your A game every day. And so... <laughs> And so uh, we're going to wrap up at the end of February, beginning of March. And my team, my reps were like, hey, uh, so do you want to go work on this other show after? And I said, no. And they said, I'm sorry, can we ask why? And I said, yeah, because I just, you know, I'm, I'm, I just did these several months on someone else's show. Mm -hmm. And there's no way I can work on my own stuff. Sure if I'm, I'm like, you know, I have this. And I'm saying that from a place of like, yes, I've been able to stash away a little bit of money from mm -hmm. from this show so that I can I can, you know, keep moving on uh, so that I can take some time off to work on my stuff. But, yeah, I'm so in the same way where I, I think that to them was like, don't you just want to make money? And I was like, <laughs> well, actually, I don't mind making less money for a month, uh, having a month off or two if I can like sit down and recharge and like actually make my own scripts and I, I totally agree it's like it's really hard you have to do both yeah you have to do both when you're coming up but there's a certain point where you're like you know when am I actually going to set aside time to work on my own stuff and just a piece of advice if you can give yourself three months yeah I don't know if you can that might not be possible but if you can give yourself three months because you need a month to to Recharge. decompress yeah, yeah, yeah. all of what you just did and get back into your own headspace and then a month to like really get into working and then the, and then having two months just to just push all your stuff and then jump back into that nine to five game 
sure. But that's what I would suggest. Like, if you can get, and, you know, with this business, we get a show or a gig or whatever, and then that ends, and you might have a, a little bit of time off. And I say, use that time off to push your projects mm-hmm. 100%. Like, yes, obviously make the connections, call to people, network, whatever you're doing to get your next gig. But make sure you have something that you're working on. Because you know what? You might be in a meeting with somebody, and they might ask you if they you, do. To, if you mm-hmm. have something to pitch. Yep. Yep. And if you've worked on that, yeah. then Hey, you're ready to go. Oh, yeah. I was going to say, I also have a rule that I made just recently this past month, and I have Sunday is off. Like, it doesn't matter. People, And I feel bad, but people will be like, hey, I'm throwing this thing. And I'm like, I cannot go. Like, yeah. I won't say why. I'm just like, I'm so sorry I can't make it. And I'm like, because every Sunday somebody will have a thing. Yep. Every Sunday somebody want to do like, oh, can you record my show? Can you do this and that? And I'm like, this is just so, I can't do this to myself. Nope. If I don't give myself one single day where I do absolutely nothing. Exactly. However, on that day, I do feel really bad <laughs> and guilty <laughs> about it. I think it's because we were raised to like, just constantly feel we have to hustle yeah and so even on my sunday my day off i still am like oh i could be doing more I could oh yeah be. and it's like no you literally use your brain you need all to rest week your brain will not be as good this week if you don't take this day off it's yeah. so funny because it's like a mix of a little bit of both in the sense that like sometimes i'll get the ball rolling on something and so you you got the momentum going and then there's that period where like you're not doing something before your next thing and you're just freaking out about it and you're like depressed and you're like, why am I not doing anymore? Why am I not doing it? And then you begin the next thing and you're like, I'm so exhausted. Why yep. didn't I rest? Yep. That's a thousand percent yeah. true. And you're like, oh, you know, it's so hard to just accept it and rest and like maybe watch an episode of Static Shock. <laughs> Or yeah, bring in a Segway spot. King, baby. Segwaying <laughs> into our topic, yeah. Static Shock. I think... That's good, just because we're going to be talking about the the animation and the episodes and sure. stuff. So what was your first introduction to uh, Static Shock? I think I caught an episode. Like, I was just, again, it came out in 2000, so I was 20, safely 20 by that time. And um, I was not watching a lot of American cartoons. I was like, um, we were calling ourselves otaku back then, but y'all call yeah. them weebs, but yeah, that's yeah. cool. I know, yeah, that's, <laughs> we did evolve into weebs, you know. Yes, I, I, when that, people started calling each other weebs, I was like, what? Well, but, it's heck? funny, because I have a friend writing for the Anime Awards, mm-hmm. and they don't, they're not letting her call uh, each other weebs or weebos. They don't. No. They, yeah, they, they, they're like, Crunchyroll's like, no, it's why? Unacceptable. What do they want? Do they I think say they, because remember, Weebs kind of started as like a derogatory, yes. and then we like took it. So mm-hmm. I think they're still like, but yeah, so we want to say originally. Yeah, but I guess it's more. I always just, fans. This <laughs> is probably. I always just equated it to like a non-Japanese person that has like latched themselves on. Yeah, which yeah. I'm not necessarily saying is bad. It's kind of more self-aware. Yeah, you're when you call yourself a weeb. Oh, well, like I'm very aware. Do... I'm not Japanese, yeah. and I'm obsessed with well, anime and their culture. Yeah, and that's that's the kind of way it was taken because weeb was originally those people we we all knew as mm-hmm. as anime fans growing up as anime fans. We all knew that person who like would would would. Just just like squeeze in kawaii and Japanese phrases. And, and then I'm going to go to Japan. Yeah. No, you're you know, not. Yeah. No, you're not. I know. I'm finally <laughs> going this year, though, gang gang. Uh, All right. Yeah. I've, Brody is ahead of me. He's. He's learning to speak Japanese. He's enough. literally a week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. I start wearing like Japanese clothing and all of that. I'm not saying that you. Can, I'm just saying no, like that's I took being three semesters of Japanese in yeah. college because. Yeah. yeah, I took three semesters of Japanese in college. I took one and dropped out because I was like, "This is harder than Spanish." Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, to me, it was just a term that, like, I'm very self-aware yeah. of what I'm doing. Yeah. But every anime fan goes through that, yeah, right? You get course. deep into it. You're like, I'm oh, going to yeah. go to Japan. I'm going to become a manga artist. I'm going to be an animator, blah, yeah. blah. And then you like, all right, calm down. Yeah. It's fine. <laughs> Especially if you start watching K-dramas. And you're like, historical K-dramas. And you're like, Japan was terrible. Oh, my God. <laughs> they killed the whole royal family. <laughs> But, you know, I say that if you want to cure anybody of their weeb status, let them watch some historical K-dramas and they will be like, all right, get some balance. But yes, static shock. (laughs) That's that's what happens when we get weebs talking about regular animation. (laughs) We just go back to anime. Okay, no, listen, (laughs) static shock was everything for the simple fact that, and I've said this a whole bunch of times to y'all, I was 20 when it came out. And I was annoyed because I wanted that show when I was a teenager. Yeah. I was watching Sailor Moon, Dragon Ball Z, Ronin Warriors, all that jazz. And we didn't have black superheroes. You had Storm from X-Men in the 90s. That was a dope cartoon, right? But mm-hmm. what happened after that? It was like nothing. That's what It was something happened after the 90s where everything got super white. Yeah. All the television just went, okay, we did that. We're done with this part of, you know, history and entertainment. Yeah. Everything's back to being white. And for a long time, you didn't really see a lot of, you know, different faces of color on the uh, screen. But Static Shock was clearly an exception. And I do remember just being like, why couldn't I have this when I was like a kid coming up? But it was a cool little show. It was such a cool show. The first two seasons, like I said, kind of looked a little struggle. Yeah. You know? Um, and but that's typical, yeah. you know. The show gets a better budget in the second season, and then you start seeing better animation and everything. Even the music got better, yeah. Especially in like the third season, mm-hmm. it was like, oh, static, okay, you know, <laughs> this is a, okay. I'm watching, I'm singing along, you know. Um, but <laughs> one of the fun things about Static that I absolutely love, and like every animated show has like their own little background music going on, but like it was a, the introduction to the bad guy. They got like their own little music, like move, get out the way, yeah, move, oh, yeah. move. Like and it's like a dude that's like I forget which one was. He had all of his density problems or whatever. He was that eat. Ebon? No, 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 no. Ebon with the shadow cornrows. Yeah, oh, he, uh, he was so tight to me. He was so tight. <laughs> he was a good bet. Did you know his? Um, I was watching. I was like, I recognize the voice of his. You know, the brother Rubber Band Man. Yeah. That's Dwayne Wayne from A Different World. Oh, wow. Yes. Like, I heard that voice. I was like, I know that voice. And I was like, I was like, that sounds like Dwayne Wayne. I looked it up, Kadeen Harnison, of course. Yeah. So, um, Static Shock also, even though it came out in the 2000s, it did, I noticed that it follows quite a 90s format for cartoons, which was a lot of modular episodes where it's like, you know, just the singular singular story and not an overarching story. Yeah. So you get that a lot in the 90s. And then you also had things like um, the best friend that was like, I'm the geeky best friend that's the, that's the sidekick, but also a little bit jealous of the my superhero friend that, of course, in subsequent seasons, they get magic powers too. Yeah. So that happened. But it was cool because his best friend was the white guy. Because yeah. normally it's like, the best friend is the black guy, and I got all these little jokes, and I got all of these little you know quips or whatever, and then I'm just like jealous of this white man with his magic power. <laughs> <laughs> so they were like, we're going to flip that. He flipped it. Yeah. And I was like, that's cool because, you know, Come on. You know, yeah. Oh. It's good to see. 
Yeah, yeah. But, uh, you know, we're the character Static uh, from Static Shock came out of the Milestone comics that mm-hmm. we were talking about last week, yep. uh, which it was it was wild to me because I, you know, Ed had this deep knowledge of Milestone. I didn't even notice it because I was like my dad refused to buy me comics. So that's kind of why it, he, uh, I deserved it. I wasn't doing well. In school. <laughs> I was a class clown. <laughs> class clown. That's why I'm a stand up now. But. So since I couldn't like go to comic book shops often, I I just would you know online mangas, mm-hmm. download an anime mm-hmm. like that. So so like I was into comics, but I didn't follow. So the way I got a lot of my comic book stuff was Spider Man the series, yep. X Men the series, yep. which back then remember they were following stuff that was happening in the comics sure. well. So like I was able to communicate with kids who were reading the comics because mm-hmm. they were just taking stuff from it. And uh, funny enough. Static is no different. Like, you know, there there were like minor changes here and there, but the character Virgil, and I think what made him so cool to us is that he was he was the Spider-Man. He's a young kid, uh, really into science, really smart. He he you know, it was an act of heroism how he got his power because yeah. he went to stop his friend from at the big bang you know and yeah it, i think in the cartoons wasn't it like it they, was it was so 90s yeah let me tell you because uh the whole thing was virtual was getting bullied at school right yeah and then they were gonna uh uh these other gangs yeah. were like protected him but he said in exchange you got to do something for me and it coerced him down to the docks or yeah. wherever the big bang took place and a whole fight broke out and then kablamo right he gets his powers but that to me was just like it was such a 90s thing and he was like because there was a lot of media that it came out this is what's happening to our black youth yeah they're being coerced into these gangs by know, these other what... dangerous black youths well it's, that's what was funny because that's now knowing the actual origin yeah. of the the big bang like the milestone version i was like yeah there's no way they were gonna let that be in a tv show because the 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 milestone version is that all these gangs came out to have the one battle and then yeah. the government wanted yeah. to do experiments on black people so they went ahead and threw these chemicals on them and it ended up giving them powers it backfired on them you know Listen, some it killed a whole bunch of people no way that was yeah. gonna be on a yeah. show <laughs> no way no definitely not way. a four kids tv show you know when i watched I, and i had a feeling when I was watching, I was like, they're letting some of Dwayne come out. Yeah. But they're definitely filtering out a lot. Oh, yeah. They're definitely giving us what they think that we that is acceptable. Well, also it's harder to make, you know, statements like that, especially in the 90s for a kid's show because right. they can now use that excuse. They they no longer have to be like, well, we're not comfortable. They can say, the kids, you know, they, they're not going to get the nuance of this type of thing. They might think the cops are bad or something. And Dwayne's like, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Wait a minute. I have to ask about that because I forgot which season it was. The dad started dating a cop. I was too <laughs> through when I, I was like, really? We going to do this storyline where he's dating this? And then like, the way they set it up, though, I was like, mm, mm, the whole time because um, something happened. Somebody broke in, uh, or no, these uh, people that had this suitcase with these special chemicals or whatever gets robbed by these kids that don't really know any better, but they got powers, right? Yeah. So um, Static is in the area, and it's like, you know, nondescript black man gets snatched up by the police. <laughs> it's literally what this introduction to the girlfriend is. Yeah. She snatches up Static, and Static is like, uh, well, Virgil, because he's not static at the time. Um, 
they wanted to look in his backpack. He had his costume in there. So he's like, I'm not going to show them my costume. I still have my secret identity. Yeah. So he's, he runs away from the police. And yeah. I'm like, Lord, I'm watching this like, <laughs> you could get shot, young man. <laughs> you know, but run. I get why you're running. Run faster. Yeah. But And then like his daddy yells at him like, I told you. I, it, like the conversation is less like um, what, how I would have framed it. If I were a parent, I would be like, I'm going to need you to stay away from the police in general, okay? Mm-hmm. I need you to not even, if you see them, you cross the street and go someplace else so that you don't have to run from them, if you can, if you can. But, like, she, he was mad at him for, like, running from the police and not being, like, a good, upstanding citizen. And, da, da, da. and I'm like, is this really a black dad? Yeah. I'm confused. <laughs> it was just such, and it felt to me incongruous with, like, something that I think a black creator, like, but it was still pushing that narrative of like the police are ultimately good guys and we got to be, you know, work in tandem with law enforcement to like, you know, they were still pushing the officer friendly trope. Yeah. Which we know is not the truth and has never been the truth for black people ever. So, you know, but okay. Yeah. But you know, it's, that's why it's like, I love the idea of revisiting static Mm -hmm. because I do like, you know, exploring those things in an interesting way, like, you know, um, the vigilantism versus police and like what one can do to help for the community, because I do think there are people who do sign up to be cops and, you know, want to help the community. But they're like, mm, you know, like and those and those complex subjects, I think, are the spirit of what Milestone was all about. Yes. But we'll get more into the TV shows and ep- break down specific episodes and moments right after these messages. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. This is it. Your moment. This is your time to make your comeback with Purdue Global. When you come back with a Purdue Global degree, you create opportunity for yourself, your family, and your future. It's a degree you can be proud of, a degree that employers will trust and respect. Purdue Global offers working adults like you over 175 flexible degree programs to meet your specific career goals. These include associate, bachelor's, master's, and doctoral degrees and certificates. Purdue Global degree programs range from nursing to business to communication and more. Whatever your interest, we have the degree that will move you forward. You have the knowledge. You have the experience. Now it's time to get credit for the work you've done and earn the recognition you deserve with Purdue Global. Purdue's online university for working adults. You know you're worth it. We do too. So don't wait another second to get the degree that will take your career to the next level. Start your comeback today at purdueglobal.edu. 
we are back. Uh, we're talking about Static Shock, both the TV show and the comic and the character. And I just wanted to say about the TV show. So the co-creator, Michael Davis, mm-hmm. he runs an annual panel at SDCC. And its title is The Plot Against Static Shock. Ooh. And it looks to revisit Michael Davis's repeated allegations that the character he co-created, Static Shock, one of DC's most successfully published back black characters and one that headlined a successful cartoon has been sidelined at the publisher even as his popularity is maintained actually uh, our friend joe star kind of tweeted something about this um because it was uh in the animation field there was a talk in animation twitter about how um somebody just essentially tweeted something that was like Oh, um, sorry, we have to cancel the show because it, we didn't sell enough merch. And the character yep. and the creator was like, well, you didn't make any merch. And they yeah. were like, well, sorry about that. Yeah. And, and Joe Starr was like, oh, the static shock syndrome or something. <laughs> oh, he probably didn't say syndrome because that's yeah. A- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like right. toxic shock. Yeah. yeah. But he was like, oh, this is the static shock like phenomenon or whatever yeah. uh, that he was kind of hinting at. And I guess that is kind of hinted at in this panel. Well, yeah, it's so funny because that is something important i think we've brought it up in past episodes where we talk about these older cartoons but a lot of these cartoons aren't uh kind of judged uh by the powers that be on the same metric as regular tv shows like you can have good viewership but if you aren't selling toys then it'll be canceled but if you are choosing not to yeah if you're not choosing to market and sell the toys then you're basically building something to fail you know well i've seen that and we've all seen that isn't that what happened with young justice yes that's what i was just about what happened with young justice and then or i think also symbiotic titan or something like that um, and a, a lot of shows, if you don't make uh, money from the merchandise, then you're going to get canceled. But like you said, if you're not making merchandise, then how can anybody go and buy it? And I don't know with a show like Static Shock, if they got to four seasons, there no, there's no way that children would not have wanted those toys. Yeah. There's no way. Absolutely. I don't believe that in any way, shape, form, or fashion. They just made the that 100% sounds to me like they made the conscious decision and say, we're going to give you X amount of episodes, we're going to fulfill our contract, and we're cutting you loose. We're done with this. Yeah. That's what that sounds like to me. And yeah. then, But, of course, fans are fans. If they love something, they're going to love it, and they're not going to stop loving it because you refuse to make merchandise yeah. for it. They are going to complain to you about it. Mm-hmm. And if Static Shock is seeing a, um, a resurgence in popularity, yeah. Now they may be convinced at this juncture to be like, okay, I guess we can put out some merchandise for this. But it does, I can totally see, because the show came out and then you didn't see anything else. I feel like, I don't know, maybe it's the thing with DC is like trying to push their core superheroes Mm -hmm. to try to catch up with Marvel. And they're not going to like, you know, although, you know, Black Panther came out and did numbers. So maybe like, oh, we got these black heroes in the closet over here. Maybe we just... Pull them on out and like show them to you. See, remember, give us the money. Yeah, I could see that happening. I could absolutely see that happening. But um, I'm very interested in what, like, I would want to see that panel. Absolutely. Oh yeah, yeah. Like, I wonder if it's one, every year. I, if there's mm-hmm. one where that's recorded, I'm gonna find that and watch that because, I, yeah, <laughs> that's the thing. <laughs> I believe it. Well, I was going to say, diving more into the TV show, so you mentioned Ebon yes. um, as one of the villains. Can you tell Shadow people a little bit <laughs> Can you tell people a little bit more? Ebon, to me, like, I felt like as a villain, he had the most potential. Um, 
I mean, they only get the four seasons. I would have liked to see more with that character because he was brothers with another villain, Rubber Band Man, who eventually turned good. Um, Ebon had these shadow powers and uh, he had a gang of other villains working with him. And he was kind of uh, recruiting metahumans to be in the gang. He was like, you guys don't even look like humans. They, he was like uh, uh, evil Callisto. Yeah. You remember with the Morlocks? You know, mm-hmm. it's like, you don't fit in with society, so just, you know, Roll run with, with me. me. Yeah. But instead of, like, trying to lead, like, a normal life off on their own, he was like, run with me and commit crimes. <laughs> Which was like, how are we supposed to live a life and be happy if we're over here constantly robbing banks or whatnot. Like, how is this supposed to work? Yeah. You know, I'm not getting that. But, but you know, for the sake of the cartoon, yes, I get it. But, you know, nobody know it, in the group said, this is stupid. But it's so funny because it shows how dynamic villains have been. Because, yeah, that yes. was a lot of, like, a lot, not just static, just across Many of our superhero cartoons, their main goal was to rob banks. Rob banks. And rob banks. People and, rob banks since 1917. Yeah, <laughs> and 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 I've, it's so funny. It goes to change where like the uh, what was that movie? Gosh, it was so good. It was by the same people who did Sicario, and it was the movie about the uh, the brothers who were robbing banks. And oh, it was so good. Um, in the movie, we eventually. Well, I don't want to spoil it because it's a good one. But like we eventually are like, oh, banks are bad <laughs> and, that, and <laughs> banks, banks are foreclosing homes and just eating off of it. Well, there so you it, go. so it's are. funny because I'd love to see this revisited where you do get like an Ebon who's robbing banks. But you find out that he's doing it because he's like this bank is evil because of this. Thing. Like banks are evil. They foreclosing I mean, on homes. True. Overdraft fees. Yeah. O- overdraft <laughs> don't fees. Don't get me started on yeah, overdraft no, We could do a whole episode on that. <laughs> yeah. Nerdificent. Overdraft. <laughs> <laughs> and how they are a scam. Listen. Oh, yeah. Overdraft fees and Go how to, to not pay them. Yeah. <laughs> um, can you tell me about Hot Streak, a.k.a. Francis Stowe? The white villain? <laughs> like, like, he's just like this angry, he's like this angry white dude. And I don't know why he was so mad. I mean, come yeah. on. Okay, just, so I'm picturing Eminem. <laughs> like he was almost, except with hair, and his hair was I'm like kidding. flames. They were flames, and he had flames on the side of his face. No, um, and he uh, he just always had a stank attitude at all times. He starts out as one of the bullies. That's oh my gosh, he looks like a young Guy Fieri. I oh, love it. A slim, oh my gosh. A slim, trim yes. Guy Fieri. Oh, yeah. he does look like a knight. You know who he reminds me of? Who? He reminds me of the villain in Good Burger. Um, the what's his name? The guy that works at Mondo Burger. Y'all will know. Remember on um Mega Mind, the the dude that he was the the nerdy um cameraman that gets the magic mm. powers, and he looks like he looks like that dude. And Syndrome. He yes. looks like all of them all together. Of them, well, he was before them, so they look like him. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, blown. he always had like a stank attitude for no reason to me. Like, he was just like, oh, they go virtual. I'm about to cause some problems. You know, like just for no reason. He would come to school. Oh, I'm kicking desk today. Like, yeah. sir, calm down. Wait, this was a school kid. This kid, a thousand percent, looks school. like he's in college. This <laughs> goes along with the 90s. It's like when Freddie Everybody. Prince Jr. was 27 yes. trying to play a 16 year old. Yes. I mean, like, well, you know, you know, he's a kid because he has a, a backpack, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, he's now like, we know. I don't know any kid that has a soul patch. Like, right? <laughs> I said that. I was like, 
what's going on with his facial hair? What's this man? Oh God, he looks like he goes to the club and just puts <laughs> pills and girls' drinks. That's yeah. what he looks wow. like. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah. I'm sorry if Hot Streak is somebody's favorite. Sorry. Uh, I don't no. imagine. So wait, what are his but he, he okay, so he has a fiery temper. And he has flame powers. He has flame yes. powers. Yeah. Okay. And he is one of the ones that's like he's like the recurring villain that's like the most irritating, I think, from what I've seen for Static, is like when he shows up, he's more of a problem than a, like the other ones, like Puff and um, that one with the big old boots, the ones with the size sixteen feet. Like he would just be like smacking them away, like get out of here. But then uh, Hot Streak would show up, and then it would be like a bigger fight. You know, <laughs> he would have to work a little bit harder for Hot Streak. Yeah. And of course, while searching um, pictures of him, I stumbled upon some hot streak Tumblr. Um, oh, oh no, oh, Tumblr! The hot, hot, hot streak stands. By the way, the movie was Hell or High Water. Um, I heard. Oh okay. my gosh! Oh, y'all are wild. I should have already. See, known. you should not have went to Tumblr. That was the problem. No, it comes up on the Google images. I guess there's uh, a couple of people doing some things. You need to go on here and uh, well, put that yeah. safe search on. Also, <laughs> hot streak was definitely like. I love that he still had like the sagging pants. Yes, everybody did. Everybody did though. Everybody did. I think somebody even made a joke like, "You gonna pull your pants up?" Yeah, and he's like, "No, I'm not." What was the name? This is totally. What was the name of Scar's son and like the Lion King? Oh, the the second one. Do you remember who I'm talking about? I know the. Anyway, someone did static shock like butt of that guy. (laughs) Look at him. Oh God, it's like a lion version of Static Shock. Anyways, sorry. that's an interesting crossover. You know that I love you, Tumblr, for giving me the most crossovers. It'll be like I used to have this artwork. It was like Jack Skellington as Iron Man. It was like whoever needs this, crossovers I do. I do. Who are needs the worst this? part of fanfiction.net? I love them. I love how (laughs) the wilder, the better. Okay, so so we had Hot Streak. We uh, had Doctor Nemo. Which one was Doctor Nemo? Uh, Which one was, what was he doing? What was his power? Dr. Nathan Flack was a renowned quantum physicist who theorized the existence of a type of matter called dequantified plasma or quantum juice. Oh, so he might be one that might not have made it in the show. show, But it was in the, yeah. The comics, yeah. Yeah. Because the quantum juice was in the show, uh, was in the comics, quantum and that's what, juice. and that was that's across, so yeah, that was so across milestone of this guy was the yeah. guy who like, you know, made the big bang happen. Whereas like in there, it was like Some, chemicals. It, what was his name? Like it was Ajax Chemicals, I think, and he was like an evil old rich dude. Yeah. He looked like you know like a. Uh, a healthier uh, Mr. Burns, <laughs> and uh, he had a son that was, you know, could not live up to his father's expectations, and his company was involved in like the actual whole bang baby situation. And I, of course, if that's the case, like you were saying before, that it was a, a government conspiracy thing is the reason why they're bang babies. Yeah, and they they definitely weren't gonna allow that on the show. It makes sense that Doctor Nemo is not. I didn't see him in the Yeah, uh, also show. don't Google the term bang babies without safe search. Right, on. like don't yeah, do it to yeah, yourself. I would tell you that, right. Um, I, I could have warned you not to do that. Um, so I was going to, hey, this is on iHeart's Wi-Fi. Um, <laughs> so Rick Stone, did we talk about him in the last episode? Because this is a close friend of uh, of Virgil's who later comes out oh, yeah. as being uh, queer. Uh, 
and it says at first Virgil is unable to deal with Rick's homosexuality, but later comes to deal with his own homophobia to save Rick and a bunch of other gay people from a gay bashing being orchestrated by Hot Streak and his cohorts. Now, was this Hot in the Streak show? Was trash. I mean, he looks like I said. <laughs> okay, um, was out here so being trash. You, Wait, do you know hash- what is that? What is the movie where they're like they? It's dude. Where's my car? Where they go into the Seven Elevens and they're always like extreme. Yeah. They like yeah. knock stuff over. He I can't looks remember. like that. He looks like that. Yeah. But um, Rick is his friend that gets the magic power, gets superpowers, and he becomes gear on the show. Yeah. yeah like um, and the other girl. Like it's interesting. Like the first season. Um. He was just like the quipping, smart alecky best friend that kind of had like little jabs for uh, Virgil. And you also saw that he was a little bit jealous of his powers because there was an episode where there was an old man that had powers that could give other non-power people powers. And he gets powers and he like, you know, tries to show static up and they eventually like work it out. But he loses those powers. And it's not until like season three where he becomes gear and his powers is like, "Ah, I'm smart. So he makes like gadgets and stuff. Yeah. So, um, and there was no like, I'm secretly queer. Not that was not a in story. the show. That in the show okay. that was well, come. It was 2000. They weren't gonna let that happen. Yeah. <laughs> they weren't gonna be honest about it. But uh, the other one, Frida, um, she was in like the first episode, and she was kind of introduced um, as like the friend, also slash love interest. Mm-hmm. Um, but she disappeared after like a couple of episodes, and then this other uh, a black Latina comes onto the scene named Daisy and she takes that place and you still see Frida, but she's in the background, but she doesn't have the role that she had uh, in that comic. She's like, off in somewhere else but Daisy is like, is like that girl in the uh, show. Yeah. So they did do some changes there but I don't, she didn't get any powers. We have to take another really quick break Mm -hmm. and then we're going to hop back into more characters from Static Shock and also some of our favorite episodes right after this. And we're back. So do you remember Talon? That was, she was in um Oh, is that game. who you were talking? No, 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 no. no, no. no. So it was she another was in, Latina. She was, yeah, she okay. was in Ebon's gang. Uh, she was, uh, she was like a harpy. And uh, she, you know, she was like, she was like a flunky of, of the, uh, she yeah. was not one of the ones that static. Shiv and Talon were like the flunkies. Yeah. And they would get their butts kicked like all the time, all the time, like all the time. Yvonne and Hot Streak, I think, were like, as far as recurring villains were concerned, yeah. were like the worst ones for them. Yeah. So. so here, part of her lords, Teresa grew wings and parts of her body were covered with feathers. Mm-hmm. She was considered a mutant freak. Yeah. Um, the criminal lifestyle led her to the Joker, who she helped to kidnap Batman and Robin, but was oh. eventually defeated by Robin. Um, they did some crossovers with, uh, they did quite a few crossovers. Like there was a Superman crossover, Batman Justice League crossover. Joker was absolutely one, uh, showed up as a villain and <laughs> a clown static. Every time they did a crossover, static got clown so bad. Like, wow. Like they really disrespected this man on his own <laughs> show. Like I get it. He's a teenager. And, and that's also a very 90s thing. Whenever there's a crossover, like the main hero has to like take a back seat yeah. to the guest. So there's, so nobody's going, well, why are they even here? Yeah, exactly. You know, cause Batman and Robin show up and Talon and like some of the, and other Ebon's gang 
are like enlisted because Ebon isn't around, like he's in jail or something like that. He just wasn't there. And Joker recruits them to help him, uh, you know, pull off some shenanigans. Yeah. So then it's up to Static, Batman, and Robin to save the day. Mm-hmm. But um, that was one of the crossovers. But there was also one with the Justice League where they had Brainiac was the big bad. Um, and then there was one with uh, Green Lantern. And yeah, was the, I was about to say. Yeah, that one. And um, was there one more? No, I don't think so. So the Green Lantern one, Fallen Hero, aired 2004. It was was season season four. four. Yep, episode four, where the Green Lantern goes on a crime spree, and Virgil is disappointed that one of his heroes has turned bad. Obviously, it wasn't. Yeah. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. 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 Um, Just to revisit this, you know how you said, you know, things got better after the first two seasons? Yeah. Do you uh, know who did the uh, the title song uh, starting with the third season? I do not. I just know that it's dope because yeah. I, I was like, now I like this. That was but Lil Romeo was, and Master like, yep. I knew it. Oh, oh, I had a feeling. Yep. Oh. Lil Romeo. That was when Lil Romeo was Nobody in his bag. Nobody know what I do. Yeah. <laughs> Shock, yes. And then he had his Nickelodeon show, the Little mm-hmm. Romeo show. I hope he still got them royalty checks. I mean, he probably is, but I definitely do see him on the community college ads on the train. You know, he's holding it oh, down. Oh, word? Yeah, he was like, look, I needed a vocation, too. I'm like, no, you didn't. <laughs> no, you didn't. Listen, a check is a check. <laughs> they had a couple of um, people that were kind of introduced almost as antagonists that were actually like good guys. Um, there was one. Oh, and she's actually, I think she might be my favorite character mm-hmm. that's not static um uh shebang it's spelled shebang mm-hmm. i'm mm-hmm. like y'all are so trifling <laughs> with these names <laughs> <laughs> but she was really cool she was a little t- a teenager i think her name was sharice and um she was not a bang baby she was a government experiment and she had like she was ninety superpowers was was like basically parkour. Yeah. So like she shows up with all the flips and the kicks and all that jazz. And she was also super strong too. Yeah. So she did have that um, power. And I thought she was really like when she shows up in the ep- her episodes. I think she has like three or four across the whole series. Her episodes are so fun. They're yeah. just so fun because she plays off of Virgil and. Uh, and Richie, like, so well because they're all teenagers. Like, when they would do crossovers with, like, the Justice League, it's like, these are big grown adults, you know, <laughs> yeah. just, like, bodying these kids. Yeah. <laughs> so it's like, this is not, like, it's cool because, like, the animation goes up even more for the crossover. Ones. Yo, like, yeah. Oh, we got to get the A-team on yeah, this yeah. one because, you know, Superman's going to show up. <laughs> um but with her episodes, they just had, it seemed like they cared a little bit more. Like, they were just so much fun. They were, like... Uh, the chemistry with them, um, just like the little jokes and everything, it was really good. The other one that I thought was cool because they had a Nazi on there, yeah, because uh, they static in Africa, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> they don't ever say that they're in Ghana, but that's where they go to. Just he's just in all of Africa, yeah, yeah, you know, statics in Africa, you know. But that was you know, in the 2000s, you can get away with that, you didn't have to say a country, yeah, yeah. Um, and wherever you wanted to be in Africa, they, wherever that's you wanted to be, they do eventually say they're in Accra, Ghana. Yeah. Um, and a Nazi is a superhero when they show up there. And um, I forgot who the bad guy was, but he had jaguar powers or something like that. You know, always with the jungle cats with Africans. I guess. <laughs> Come on, let's get creative. But no, a Nazi. Uh, I thought a Nazi was super cool because he had all these illusion powers and the, and just making people think that they were 
you know, something that they not. I, I just thought Anansi was super cool. That's all I can say about it. And I like that he, um, him and Static work really well together. And I just thought he was. Why don't you also sp- spell it for the people listening? Anansi? Yes. Yeah, A-N-A-S-I. Yeah, just so if people don't like think we're saying American... a Nazi. No. Oh, oh my God. No, 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 no. Okay. Y'all watch American Gods or in the Neil Gaiman at all? I've, I've heard all about the Anansi. Okay, so like, here's the thing. Da-da-da-da-da. American Gods is cool. The book is good. The show is good. The sequel to the book, Anansi's Boys, is way better than American Gods. I don't care what nobody say. Yeah. Like, they could have skipped over American Gods for the TV show and went straight to a Nazi <laughs> or made a film out of that because yeah. that is dope. It's, it's super duper good. Oh, nice. And the Nazis are cool. Like, in as God's super cool, as a superhero, I thought he was really fun and I liked that they had this unique, obviously African deity as yeah. a uh, superhero. Yeah. That's, I think, what I took away from it. I was like, now that is the coolest part of this. Yeah. So. Well, shout out shout, shout out to that. Statics in Africa. I was just gonna say one other thing about um so yeah, that episode Dwayne McDuffie did right? Static in Africa. Yes. And I could tell. Like with that one, it cause it seemed like somebody cared a little more. Like those are the episodes <laughs> like somebody cared on uh, that one. And I did want to say in two thousand three, McDuffie was awarded the Humanitas uh prize in children's animation for the Jimmy episode. I don't know if you remember that one. What that it was, was about a, gun yes, violence. That was the one they were I think that was season two and Jimmy was being bullied in school and he brings a gun to school because he's he's had enough. And um, Richie ends up getting shot. Oof. Yeah. Um, so that was they, season two. Yeah. That wow. was season two. They had a couple of episodes in season two where it was like, oh, y'all getting serious yeah. up in here. Like oh, yeah. that one and the homeless one, where um, the one where the school shooting one, and then the one where uh, there's a homeless um, metahuman, a bang baby, who um, she has uh, frost powers. And. Uh, she causes some problems. Like she was one of these antagonists that actually is like not a bad person, but she was just trying to survive. And she like, one of the things that I've always noticed, cause we see a lot of homeless people out here, especially in this neighborhood. Um, those people are ignored. They are yeah, stepped totally. over. They're ignored. Oh, yeah. They're it's like you're erased. And these were the words literally coming out of this little girl's mouth. Her family dies and, you know, she goes in the, into the system and that they're not able to help her and she ends up being homeless. And, um, yeah, and she starts causing problems after she gets her powers. And I thought that was a really, like, one of those touching episodes. And oh, that yeah. one, I, I, I just like, and I'm glad that they did something like that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, they weren't afraid to touch on that. I did want to jump on the Anansi episode and say, do you want to guess who joined? Guess who voiced the Panther character? It's that black dude that always is in everything. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, both both of them. The one with the eyebrows. Um, dang, that's terrible. T- that's terrible, right? Yeah. Just the I mean, also that's just everyone Everybody, has eyebrows. Yeah. <laughs> Let me live. No, Come if on. you were like, if you were like, <laughs> who's the dad on Schitt's Creek? That ha- oh, Eugene Levy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, the, the eyebrows. eyebrows. <laughs> okay, so there's um. Not the one that was in Tales from the Hood, but he like play. He has like just this great rich voice. Yeah, you ready? Go yes. ahead, just tell me. Michael Jai White was the panther. What? I saw him down. Oh my yeah. god. Oh my god. And then oh Anansi was voiced by Carl Lumbly, who that's was, who I was thinking yeah, of. Yeah, Martian Manhunter in Justice League. Oh my god. And he was an Alias. Uh, he was in Alias. He was in this show called Mantis. 
Uh, he was uh, he's 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 been in a lot of so stuff. Much. He was in a uh, Buckaroo Banzai uh, from the what was the Fifth Dimension? I forgot. It's super yeah. super duper nerdy, like so nerdy nobody even gets it. But um, like people post that, I'm like nobody knows what you're talking yeah. about. Okay, just stop. <laughs> but um, Michael Jai White, I saw him over there at the Viacom building the other day. I was, and I was with my coworkers, and they were like, "Who's that? You don't know Black Dynamite?" Uh, he was in our Black Panther documentary for nerdist he brought his oh yeah that's so dope that's so dope i wanted to I say love michael jai white he's great he was yeah. great to interview um season two also had an episode called static shack look at this <laughs> yes. man look at yes. how little his head is compared to the rest yes. of his body, big body. <laughs> this is before this is before the general came into his life go right. on i'm ready to go i'm gonna be still okay i went to uh I went to uh, this, I didn't even know what it was. My friend was like, hey, do you want to go to this like um, this benefit? It's like a, a athlete benefit. And I was like, sure. <laughs> it was a black tie event oh honoring legacy athletes. Oh my Shaq gosh. was there. Uh, Michael Irving was there. Eddie Murphy was there. Oh like God. also being honored with them, but also presenting stuff. Every single athlete ever that's ever done anything was there. And I was in like shorts. I would have been so mad. I, I, been I was heated. pissed. It was also because I was just like, oh, this is such a writer guy that was like, oh, I'm just wearing whatever. I'm like, this is literally <sighs> black tie. They're with their gorgeous wives. Shaq was there. But what I was going to say is Shaq is very funny. Like he just roasted the heck out of um I could see um, that. And the last person I'm going to roast is this girl over here in shorts. <laughs> oh my gosh, I was black, luckily black, in the back. He, um, why, why can't you I? Wearing shorts? Mike Tyson. He was, presenting, he was presenting to Mike Tyson, totally roasted Mike Tyson, oh, yeah. and was just very funny. But That's amazing. But also an embarrassing time in my life. They had some crossover episodes on stage. It wasn't just, not crossover, like the special guest. Yeah. They had a Backstreet Boy on there. Oh, yeah. I laughed. So was it hard. Brian? No, it was the one. Who's the one with JC? the goatee? AJ? The the, yes, AJ. I almost called him JT, girl. This is how you know I'm old. I'm like, all the names just run together. Like, well, there were, there were so many There were so acronyms. many. Listen, and then at that time, you had all of these little boy bands. and I'm 98 like, Degrees. Not, mm-hmm. Everybody forgets about 98 Degrees. Not I me. T- I'd be not like, me. NSYNC, 98 mm-hmm. Degrees, Backstreet Boys, I'm, all of them. And they'd be like, 98 Degrees. Yes, that was a band. Yeah, no, I remember. I don't know none of their songs, but like, it was a band. My stepmom worked in this community outreach program, and so like whenever they would do things for the kids, she would let us go, and they they took us to some event. It was at the old forum back when it was blue, uh, and uh, when it was the Great Western Forum. And we went in, and I didn't know what it was, but they were giving us these cassette tapes, and it was a 98 degrees cassette tape. Wow. And they, wow. <laughs> and they did like wow. a show or something. Did they give you a pencil, too, so you could turn it back? <laughs> like, I just used my finger. There we go to put the pinky nail yeah. in there and just... But Were they the ones who did quit playing games? No, I don't know that's Backstreet Boys. Of, oh, well. I don't know none of the 98 Degrees They songs. did a, this you get the tape, you should know. You. Oh, yeah. that was them? Mm-hmm. Okay. okay. Girl, they all run together. <laughs> but they had him on there, and they, this was one because uh, Rubber Band Man started out as a musician who got his, uh, as a producer who got his track stole mm-hmm. um, by another rapper. And that's why he had a stank attitude and was going to go bad. And um, He was stepping to the bad side? <laughs> to the best he did (laughs) because well listen he wanted his credit he wanted his money come on now and like that that was a recurring thing for him after he the first time he got caught and then he uh 
did his time or whatever. He came back and actually had a music career for about five minutes because he changed his face because he had rubber power so he could change yeah. his face. And this man, I swear to God, got on the stage. I was like, oh, okay, he's going to have a little music career. Okay. This man got on the stage with a keyboard and some um, fireworks. I said, for real? <laughs> like, and everybody at the concert like, yeah, which was like a school gymnasium. Yeah. And everything caught on fire and it was drama. But <laughs> when... uh. <laughs> But this man was constantly pursuing his music goals. Yeah, yeah. Yes, and that's what was what, why AJ was there, because he finally got the hookup and was going to get put on because AJ liked his music. Yeah. So. Then the man just took his woman from me, took her down to Tennessee. <laughs> wow. She was the best girl you ever knew. No. It wasn't for him, she'd still be true. Crystal. Always been a good man. It's been said. Take that man, he wish he was dead. Thank you for joining us. Been like him, make good man <laughs> Thank bad. you for having me. <laughs> Where can everyone time. find you? <laughs> um, I'm on the Instagram at uh, uh, Crystal underscore Savage underscore Savage like a savage beast for real. Dictionary spelling. <laughs> nice. <laughs> Don't bother me on Twitter. <laughs> oh God, same for all of us. That's just a blanketed statement. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, and you know it's 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 me. It's your boy If You Way on Twitter and Instagram. If D's on Twitch, check out Super Punch every night at eleven. P.M. Eastern, 8 p.m. Pacific time. We got lots of goops, goofs Monday through Thursday, and then I'll be calling in on uh, Friday nights. I'm at Ms. Danny Fernandez on all the things. Just follow me on Twitter or Instagram, and you'll see all of my announcements. Uh, oh, yeah, and check out my, I think I said this last week, but my The Good Immigrant book that I wrote in uh, is now on Audible, so you can listen to me read my essay in it and everybody else uh and as we always say stay Stay nerdy. nerdy are you still searching for your perfect place to call home well now is the time to buy at fisher homes if you're looking to move in before the end of 2024 may could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Right here, right now. Find your beautiful new floor at Right Rug Flooring. Choose from thousands of in-stock styles ready for next day installation and all backed by the right price guarantee. Visit rightrug.com. That's R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com today to schedule a free in-home estimate or to find a location near you. 24-month financing is available with approved credit. For 90 years, we've been right here, right now. Right Rug Flooring. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited time 2% cashback on purchases and pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.